Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is the combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Liberty University's Henry Barrera to discuss his building blocks to his programming and to the department out there in Lynchburg. Guys, after a quick little intro, Henry dives right into his ideas of filters and frameworks and how that has challenged him to continue to evolve while continually keeping him grounded at the same time so he improves upon what he's doing for his student-athletes. You know, he then shares with us, you know, how this was put together, you know, what were the driving forces behind him uh, moving these ideas forward and how this has helped with communication with the athletes he gets to work with. We then run down the rabbit hole with how this impacts their entire performance team and, you know, how these are the backbones to communication, not just with the athletes, but throughout the department itself. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Henry, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. All right. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you having me, man. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, dude, for real. This is one that we've been working at for a minute here, so... Really quick, let's give people, you know, the Spark Notes version of, you know, who is Henry, where are you at, and how'd you get there? Uh, I'm at Liberty University. I'm going into year five. Um, I worked for Nike for eight years before that. I was at a Division II school called Concordia in Portland. I did uh, men's basketball and a little bit of volleyball. And before that, I was just private sector. Um, so, yeah, man, fast forward. Five years later, I'm at uh, Liberty and uh, – Director of the Olympic sports piece right now, but men's basketball, swim and dive, and tennis are my, my go-tos. It's like the same position, just in a different corner of the state. <laughs> yeah, different corner of the world, it feels like. <laughs> yeah, times, I bet. Yeah. But listen, man, we had, a, we had a lot of great conversations this past weekend, a lot of time to catch up. But there are some certain things that are really getting Henry fired up right now, and I think that this is going to be a great talk for our listeners. So where are you at right now, man? What's got you geeked up and rolling? Oh, man, I think the biggest thing for me right now is uh, filters and frameworks. That's kind of the, the, the biggest thing that's on my mind. And uh, the way I think, man, is in, in alliterations, acronyms, stuff like that. So I'm going to give you just a couple of things that, that have been big for me. Uh, 
when I say filters, I think about the lens in which we do life, the, the lens in which we coach. So for me, uh, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, it's how we take in information. Um, you know, and I think when we can combine those things, when we, when we can combine sensory training, we accelerate improvement. Uh, frameworks to me is like an operating system, right? So it's based on our, um, our code, our individual code. Um, so it's, it's, it's based on user, user level, right? So I can only do as much as I know. And that's kind of the framework piece. So really I've been sharing that, you know, I presented on it to a, a student athlete council a couple of weeks ago and it, it, it really got blown open this weekend when we talked, when Charlie talked about, uh, you know, his, his process, his system. And it just made me think deeper about what I do and why I do it and how I do it. So I'll open it up with that. And if you want to dig in, let's go. Yeah, man. So let's start with that. Like this is way bigger than like training and building athletes. This is like life stuff. So let's talk about how first yeah. this kind of started going with you and, and like where these ideas started to build from and how it started moving forward. Yeah, man. Like, so this is a crazy story. So literally, uh, when, when Charlie talked about his, uh, his Nike experience, basically I was a fly on the wall in that experience. So I, I watched everything go down, man. I watched LeBron walk in and, you know, I got to just be a fly on the wall and, uh, man, for whatever reason, I've been exposed to high level people and environments my whole life, man. You know, so, uh, Nike afforded me some incredible opportunities and people to meet. So, you know, I, I met Patrick Ward probably, you know, eight or nine years ago and, and Charlie and Keith Emilio and these guys. And, uh, they've, they've been resources, man. They've been really gracious and kind uh, to me. So I props to those guys, but, uh, just thinking through human performance through a bigger lens, you know, versus just how much weight can you lift, uh, has really challenged me to, to build my programs, you know, to what do guys, what do my guys and, and, you know, the other athletes, the swimmers and the tennis players really need as part of their program. Is it going to make a difference that they can, uh, squat, you know, X amount more, maybe, maybe not, you know? Uh, so that's, that's how I'm thinking. And, and, and when Charlie talked about looking in different layers, so I know he's a big FMS guy and, you know, I, I've been through the whole FMS certification, all that stuff, used it. think it's great. Uh, we've added fusionetics and we do that as well. And then the SFMA. So there's, there's layers to it. If I'm only looking at one, uh, looking at a problem in one way, one solution. So I think he said this, I think he said something to this effect, uh, ask the questions you didn't know you needed, or you didn't know you, you had to get the answers you didn't know that were there. And that to me is like, that's, that's high level thinking. That's a different level. I, I think a lot of the things Charlie was talking about was on another level. I think that, you know, a lot of those guys that you've, been able to to work with and, and correspond with work at at another level, but I think also being able to take a step back and find different lenses um, to look through things from allows you to be at a different level. But with that, there needs to be a filter in some sort for your filters. Mm -hmm. So how does Henry identify where these things will fit and where these things will come and go from? Yeah. So I'm going to start breaking down little bits of my philosophy, I guess. So for me, if I had to, if I had to summarize the weekend and Charlie's talk specifically, it would be systems, strategy, and structure. 
so that's kind of the layman's version of what he talked about. To me, here's what happens. When you, when you have a filter and you have a filter to your filters, like you're saying, it sounds kind of funny, but uh, your, your system becomes your strategy and your strategy becomes your system. You know, they're one and the same because of how you're looking at things. So the way that breaks down for me is I have principles. I have big rocks and what I believe about human performance. And then I have my day-to-day practice. And then I have my pursuit of becoming a professional, if that makes sense. So for me, the rocks would be things like progressive overload. You know, uh, for us, we don't really use hypertrophy too much because our guys don't care about it. But if I say build and I say lean muscle, they're all in. You know, so that would be a rock. Uh, Strong, how do you get a guy strong? Um, in terms of a rep scheme, right? How do you get guys explosive? So those would be rocks kind of like phases of training, right? And then uh, the practices, we have a, a quote in our program, and it, it, it's this, what you do every day is more important than what you do every once in a while. And that's how we live, man. That's how we live. So for me, it's I, I'm way past the hype of like, can I come in and, and get, you know, 40 kids fired up for a session? Like, to me, that's hype, man. And there's a time and place for it. But the, this is a great analogy. My, one of my best friends, he's a, he's a surgeon. He's an ER doc, right? And uh, to watch him in his environment, it's so intense. It's, it's crazy intense, but you don't hear anybody yelling, man. They're just doing their work. They just do their thing, you know? So it, it's kind of whatever floats your, your boat and the environment you want to create. And I know that's super important, and I'm probably going to get hated on for saying that. But, man, I want to be in a, in a situation where I come in and I do my work, and it's intense, in the right way. And I have no problem with the rah-rah and all that. Like, let's, let's get it lit in here. Let's, let's have some fun. But man, let's, let's be, let's be uh, purposeful and intentional in what we do. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, I love that. And I think that not only does that make sense, but it's like, it, it's similar to what I've been hoping to build with the, the young people I get to work with here is where it's nine times out of 10, you're opening the door and you're having conversations to drive what they're doing in a directional sense, not in an energetic sense that they understand your principles and what they need to bring. So it's only once in a while where it's like, Hey, come on, let's go. You know? Yeah, man. So let me, let me uh, this is probably going to be a little tangent right here, but uh, here's why I love Seabass, man. Uh, to watch, watch people interact and uh, man, you've built an incredible community of people and it's authentic and it's real. And it's, it's fun to be there, man. It's one of my favorite events. And I'm not just blowing smoke and all this stuff, man. But it, it's fun just to hang out with people in a, in a, in a real chill environment, man. Like, it's, it's, it's real, real personable. Uh, you can talk with anybody there. But you've done a great job of building community. And that, that to me, is I want to take from those things and bring that into my weight room. Because when people operate authentically and transparently, crazy things happen, man. Because athletes really know, like, we really have – our relationship is based on more than my numbers. They're, they're based on more than my playing time. They're based on more than me, me being right here, right? So that, that to me is like a parallel with the CVASP and what I'm trying to build in, in my facility and with my teams. I appreciate that, man. And I think that that, again, is something that we're pretty similar in when it comes to how we want to deal with these kids. So then let's talk about how that then transforms into the framework with what you're doing with these young men and women. Because... I think that, that that can be an interesting like, curveball when, when things can be different because I think that the autonomy and the relationships and the building and all those things um, are awesome. But then how does this framework then build upon those filters? 
Yeah, I think I think it takes time, man. So so again, frameworks to me is my operating system, right? I have these filters, and the the analogy I use with uh, student athletes is like if you're on Instagram or Snapchat or whatever social media platform you enjoy, a lot of times you're going to put a filter on that picture. You're going to make it look a certain way, right? I want to present a certain way, all right? That builds the frameworks that you operate from, good or bad. It builds the frameworks, right? And so I want to take pieces of uh call them phases cycles whatever you want so our framework for this section might be a hey, we're going to be in a build section so right now for the next three to six six weeks we're going to be building man it's going to be lean muscle cost of doing businesses you might be a little sore you know get over it that's 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 the framework we're operating in all right fast forward we're transitioning now okay now now we're going to go strength man we're going to we're going to drop you know rep ranges and we're going to get heavy you're going to lift heavy weights so get over it like you're going to lift some heavy stuff all right, we're going to transition again. And our next framework, our filter that we're looking through is going to be explosive power. So it, it's it's basic periodization. We just frame it in a different way. You know, we, we, we talk with guys about filters and frameworks a lot. So they kind of know where I'm coming from by now. And then let's let's run down that rabbit hole because I think that that's one thing that that can help people even more is how, how is that communication with the, the men and the women? What are some things that have been successful communicating these things and bringing them along, you know, with you as you're developing this? Oh man, the most vivid and tangible piece I think is, uh, so you, you've heard it said that a, a picture speaks a thousand words, right? So when I can show my guys a before and after or my girls a before and after of here's, and not just aesthetically, right? Uh, performance wise, did you get faster? Did you get stronger? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but when I can give them a, a before and after, it, it blows up their world, man. It blows up my world because that's where I get my kicks on. Man, are you are you better than when you came, right? And I, I love this, man. I hate to keep going back to Charlie's uh, talk, but, man, it was good for me. So he talked about uh, uh, what you need, uh, what you want, and what is nice to have. I think he, he talked about like 151 and 1 or something like that, right? And, I mean, different things throughout the weekend – kind of poked at me. So uh, Sam Gardner talked about the rose, the thorn, and the blossom. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, those things right there, those, they, they affect how we train our athletes, man. Th those are how we get our results because in training, you might have a rose, you might have a thorn, and you might have a blossom. There's different phases for each piece. You know, I try not to get too far out there, but uh, that's, that's kind of how I'm, I'm, I'm building it. Keep asking questions, though. This is good for me, man. No, but I love that. because So so let's get into that even more then because it's with all of that and with these descriptions and these things moving forward, have there been times where there's been some kids that even even that needed a little bit of massaging? Oh, no doubt, man. And, and uh, we're at a point, and this has taken me five years to build, so – what we have is like templates, right? So, so this season was, was great. It was like an experiment and it was my favorite, favorite time in the last five years. So we have, we have, you know, some, uh, a bank or a menu of lower body movements, squats, deads, you know, unilateral stuff, whatever you want to do, just build a, build a bank of, you know, five or 10 pieces. So you're like the chef, right? And you have all your ingredients. And then we have, you know, a upper body push, pull, you know, vertical, horizontal, whatever you want to do. And the kid comes in and says, coach, I don't like to squat. Awesome. Let's not squat today. How about a trap bar, you know, dead? How about, how about a, a, a goblet squat? How about, you know, give them an option. So, so create some autonomy, some ownership and their development. So 
another another nugget for us is we don't base your maturity on your age. We base it on your ownership of responsibility. So I don't care how old you are. doesn't matter. I know a lot of 40-year-olds that are, you know, ridiculous. And I know a lot of 20-year-olds that are absolutely mature, you know, because they have a crazy ownership of their responsibility. They know what to do, and they know how to do it. I love that. Making them, yes, their ownership of the opportunities. So then how is that then communicated and brought down more to them? And then after that, how much of that has led to success that you guys have been having? Man, this is a thought I had this morning. Okay, so once in a while I jump in with my guys, and today we ran uh, Snowflakes. It's a big, what they call mountain here, but I'm from Oregon, so it's like a hill, right? Uh, so we get up there, man, and Snowflakes knocked me out today, man. Like I was losing control of some bodily functions, and it, it got it got nasty up there, right? Hard workout, right? We've, we've built up a little bit all summer long. So every week, we're progressing a little bit, 25% more, 10% more, one rep. Um, but that, that right there becomes the litmus test, right? So here's what's going to happen. A lot of guys in three or four months, not just not on our team, you know, on any team in the country, are going to be really, really disappointed because they didn't put the time in. They didn't put the effort and the focus when it was supposed to be done. And now it's three months fast forward and the season starts and they want to play and they want to be performing at a high level. Well, it's time to cash the check, but there's no money in the bank, man. You know, so that's that's kind of what where my mind's at right now. There's just the time that comes where, man, you got to you got to put the work in and you got to build up that equity. You got to invest that money. So when the time comes, you can punch that punch that check in. Yes. And I love that, that you hopped in with the guys. And I definitely can attest to the uh, Hills versus Mountains being an upstate New York guy as well. Um, and how's that, how do the guys respond with that when you jump in? Uh, good, man. I think here's, here's what I think happens a lot of times, man. Uh, the older you get, the more you forget about what it actually feels like. You know, What does it feel like when you hit a threshold and, and man, you're, just, you're trying to push through, you know, whether that's in a lift or, and I don't do that all the time, but at the end of the summer, last day of the summer, I was like, let's go, man. And super, super fortunate, you know, our athletic trainer, Aaron Shiner, he'll, he'll jump in as well. And we'll have guys and even coaches, like if they want to come and get a taste of what guys are doing, like uh, peanut, our guy peanut, he came uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, so he got a little taste and takes him back to when he's working with you, you know? I love it. I love it. That's that's the best that Kevin would jump in, and I actually wish I could have been able to say. I wish I would have known that when I saw him last weekend, yeah. just to pick his brain about it. But I do think, and I I couldn't agree more when it comes to understanding what that means, because I think that all too often, as we do get older and gray and and a little sore and beat up, I think that we do sit here and kind of mislead our memories as to what it was like to do that. But putting ourselves in those situations, I do completely agree, makes you a better coach because it reminds you not just how much it sucks, but how much we loved to be in what sucked. Like yeah. to push through that and to be oh, able no to doubt. bring that energy to the kids. That's a great way to put it, man. That's really good. Because I'll tell you, I had a challenge I did with myself about almost a month back and it brought me right back to that. And it was just like, 
you know, and the kids saw it and they were like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, I needed this because it's been a minute since I actually was like, woof, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, it's good, man. It's good. So then let's let's keep going down down the framework rabbit hole. So now okay. you're dealing with these kids that are coming in and making these decisions or, or making these decisions maybe the wrong way, are asking for these alterations. What is then the educational process if this is a situation where it's something that could be a big rock type type maneuver? All right, here's a, here's a really good example. So I, I tend to be as transparent as I can in conversation with athletes. So uh, there's a, an athlete who came in this morning, uh, non-basketball player, and they're, kill, they're killing themselves in the weight room. But when I look, like, I don't see a return on investment, you know? So I, the conversation this morning was like, listen, you're in here in the weight room and you're killing yourself. You're going hard. Like, I don't question your work ethic at all, all right? But there's things in your life that are holding you back. I don't know if that's nutrition. I don't know if it's sleep. I don't know if it's mental health. I don't know what it is, but we have to have a conversation because your return on investment is not good right now, you know? And so that's an honest conversation, a hard conversation because, you know, if you think that you're putting in all the work necessary and you're just not getting the return on investment, something is wrong, you know? And I think we have to have more conversations like that with our athletes. Those are heart to hearts and those are... Those come from a built-up equity of a relationship, of trust, you know, of you care about me as a person and as an athlete. Does that make sense? Totally. And that is a extremely difficult conversation. And one that I'm really happy to hear that you're able to have with the men and women you get to work with. How are the other resources on campus responding to those conversations, though? So, like, is it looked upon as the strength department is doing well or is it looked upon by some people as kind of get off my lawn man to to be honest we have an incredible we call it an athletic performance team chris casola is i mean he's the director of of health and welfare for student athletes and he's phenomenal man he's got an open mind and uh, he gives us freedom to do our jobs and he gives us resources to do our jobs and you know, that comes from the top down from our AD, uh, Ian McCall, and, and all those guys. You know, it just trickles down. Uh, so, example, like yesterday, so we're, we're, we, uh, we build an annual plan. I send that annual plan to sports, uh, sports nutrition, sports medicine, head coaches, just to start the conversation of let's review what we have planned for you this year. And we know this is college sports and things are going to change. All right. But – what are you going to need during the season when the things when the things start to hit the fan and it's going crazy during the season and we're traveling? Let's try to take out all the guesswork ahead of time. So what are your needs like nutritionally? What are your needs sports medicine wise? Like and just kind of fill those fill those uh, holes up ahead of time. It's just pre-planning. Right. So we're 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 getting to a point in our athletic performance team where we're operating on the same page and, and we're trying to ask the right questions and trying to hit things ahead of time versus like, oh, crap, something happened. Now what are we going to do? No, I love that. And I love the fact that you guys are able to work in together and have these things pre-planned because the easiest way to alter a plan is to have a plan already. <laughs> That's good, man. I like that. Yeah, because I think all too often now, especially in today's day and age where there's people, like when we're lucky, we really have like 
two, three sports, one super main priority, where at times it just gets to be like, well, I'm just there and we're going to adapt all the time. But if you're always adapting, how are you keeping a goal to goal? Yeah. You know, one of the things that stuck out too, and man, Charlie's probably going to think I'm some kind of fanboy or something, but uh, going back to that that, uh, presentation, uh, he talked about building social equity. And to me, man, I loved it because I think what happens a lot of times, and especially in a college environment, everybody gets siloed. So that's the strength coach, and that's the sports medicine guy, and that's the mental health guy, and that's the sports psych, and they become uh, professionals instead of people. You know, and he, he talked about flipping that. So everybody everybody operates, you know, on the same it's, – it's equity. It doesn't mean anyone is more important, anything like that, but we're operating in a way where there's a two-way communication and it's open, transparent. And that's, that's really, really hard to do, man. That's a challenge because there's so much ego involved in, in what we do, man, like point blank. With all of that being built and people requiring that communication, like how often is this group meeting? What are those meetings like? So we have two types. of We have one with our, with our athletic performance team, which is probably like five people. And we talk about like global big picture things of the direction we're headed. And then I like our, our – we have two meetings a month, uh, and this is more like a roundtable. So uh, we all take turns. So it, it's vulnerable. Like I presented uh, – Last week, and, and the, an ATC, a sports medicine, uh, presented the week before. So those are like, hey, bring a topic, something you're into, what are you reading, uh, listening to, watching, and uh, present it to the team, you know. And so we, we probably had, uh, I'd probably say about 15, 16 people at our last one from, you know, uh, sports nutrition, uh, psychology, uh, sports med. So it was a good mix. And then our crew. Yeah. I love that. And I think – that that internal education part not being like this is something outlandish or something new, but like this is like what we're doing and the evidence behind it and the reasoning. I don't think that happens. And I know that doesn't happen enough with us at all. Not even enough. But I think that that's a unique thing you guys are doing that is going to help and paid massive dividends man i hope so it's difficult you know and and i get it because uh i mean schedules get crazy and teams want to work out at different times and there's an individual straggler who needs attention um you know so so just to carve out the time is it's a it takes a lot man to get people together you know so we've just kind of come to the realization that like hey if you can make it awesome if you can't no worries and uh I'm hoping we can build it in such a way where, like, if you don't show up, you feel like you're missing out, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the biggest part, right? It's just to make sure that the motivation to be there is intrinsic. Yeah. So, Henry, let me let me get you out of here on this, man. All right. What's next? Where do you see things going? Where is Where are these filters and frameworks going to keep evolving to, and, and, and how is this going to continue to grow? Um. Man, I'm going to keep digging in on this stuff, you know, because I think uh, it, it goes way beyond the weight room, way beyond the court, the field. I think uh, in all of life, man, I don't care what field you're in, your, your filters and your frameworks, they create how you function. I mean, they, 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 they play a big part in how you work, you know, as a professional. So with our athletes, man, it's just 
it's getting them to think on a deeper level. So everything from, you know, looking at sleep and nutrition, and we know all these things, man. We know about the mental health stuff. Now, what are we going to do about it? So what is your filter? What is your framework going to do about those things? How, how is it going to change how you live, how you work, how you play? So, yeah, I'm just going to keep digging on those. And, and uh, you know, let me, let me hit you with this, man. So Al- Alvin Toffler is an author. Uh, Shockwave goes way back, but he said, the illiterate people of our generation aren't those who can't read or write. They're those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. All right, I'll say it one more time. So the illiterate of this generation aren't those who, who can't read and write. They're those who can't learn, unlearn, and relearn. So to me, that's a framework right there of, of man, what I did five years ago might be irrelevant. You know, I got, I got I to gotta keep changing my filter and asking the right questions, you know, like, again, like Charlie, to, to think about the answers that I didn't even know I needed. Especially in a world today where there's so much information out that's so fast and quickly evolving. Yeah, man. It's coming at us quick. No doubt. Henry, I can't thank you enough for the time, man. This is sensational, brother. I'm glad we finally could nail this down. Yeah, man. I'm sorry it took so long. That's on me 100%. No, brother. It's, it's all good. At the end of the day, man, it's Peanut's fault, and we'll just move on, and we'll be able to keep going. But, brother, as always, so grateful for you and all you're doing. Um, and make sure you guys give him a follow at Hoop Diaries, too, on Twitter. The best notes, period, that you'll ever find from any continuing education event is on my man's Twitter account. And I don't, I don't know how you do it, but it was, uh, they're always a big hit. Jay, man, much love, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch real soon. All right, man. Deuces. Cheers. Yep. And a huge thanks to Liberty University's Henry Barrera for spending the time with us today. Guys, just open, honest, candid sharing. I can't thank Henry enough for, for spending the time with us today. And in all seriousness, make sure you hop over there on Twitter and you give him a follow it at Hoop Diaries. Um, the notes he puts out from all the continuing education events that they go to is it's really sensational. I can't thank him enough for that. I also can't thank him enough for all the open, honest, candid sharing today and everything he's doing to you know help us move forward. Henry, I can't thank you enough for all the awesome work you're doing out there at Liberty. Truly grateful for you, man. Keep up the great work. And as always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. Guys, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And guys, as always, thank you for everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.